February 7th, 2014, and this is another episode of the Edward Mullen Podcast. All right, so it's been a while since my last podcast. I believe I recorded it and released it back in November, and it was a two-parter detailing my trip to Southeast Asia. We went there for a month. If you haven't listened to those podcasts, uh, they're they're pretty good. Uh, you know, some funny stories, some inter- interesting stories. But in 2014, I kind of wanted to release more of these podcasts. I plan to do at least ten because um, I planned out my year, uh, what I would do in terms of writing projects and all this kind of stuff. So I wanted to try to do at least one a month and uh, January passed and I didn't record one. So here it is the beginning of February and I wanted to record one and uh, try to make this more of a routine habit. I usually in the past have recorded podcasts because of, you know, some inspiration that uh, that I was feeling or maybe some event in my life like a trip and I wanted to detail that. Uh, but for the most part, I really have nothing important to say. So for this episode, it might be a good idea to talk a little bit about publishing and writing and those kinds of things, considering a lot of people who listen to this are probably aspiring writers or uh, interested in getting into that line of work. So I guess the most natural place to start if you're trying to get into uh, having a career in writing is to write well. And uh, I actually wrote a book. It's a small book, but um, and it's available online. I'm sure you could find it free uh, on a lot of different sites. It's called How to Write a Novel. And this basically just outlines uh, how I write a novel, which is not the only way. There might be a different way that, that you like, but I basically go through step by step on on how I come up with the concept and how I outline and how I uh, write and market it and all this kind of stuff. So, but one area that I kind of wanted to focus on is writing well. So the first step before you want to get into a career in writing is generally you want to be a good writer. Now there's cases of people selling a lot of books that aren't good writers, but generally you want to have a good product. So. I talk about three things in writing well, aside from proper spelling, punctuation, grammar. There's three things that you need. Your writing needs to be clear, concise, and having purpose. So I'll just outline those three things. So writing clear means just writing in a logical manner. So one sentence should naturally flow into the next, and one paragraph should naturally flow into the next. And your ideas should be connected clearly. Um, this is a lot of a lot of professional writers actually don't do this, and it drives me nuts. Like, well, I'm not going to name any names, but there's some uh, books that I've tried to pick up, and it'll take you you know six to ten chapters to know what's going on. You have no idea who the protagonist is. You have no idea what the point of the story, what the purpose is. It's like it's just a bunch of random events just chucked into one sloppy book, and it's mind-boggling how this kind of stuff gets published, but. So anyway, uh, I try to write to be very clear. You know exactly who the protagonist is, what's at stake, what's going on, who the characters are. So that's number one. Number two is to be uh, very brief uh, with a lot of writers as they just write whatever comes to their head and they're just type whatever. And that's okay uh, to get your story out, but you really need to go back and cut most of that stuff out because it's just too wordy and it's not interesting and it's it's going to be a waste of people's time. 
So the final point is writing with a purpose. And it's not easy to write a full-length novel, and it may be tempting to pad your stories with extra fluff uh, to make up the difference. So you really only have enough, your story is only around 20,000 words of actual, you know, interesting action and, and related plot. And then you pad it, you know, you get it up to 50,000 or 60,000, whatever the case may be, with a bunch of nonsense that makes, you know, it's it's not interesting to read, it's, it's fluff, the characters are having conversation, and you've convinced yourself that this is uh, necessary, this is important, or this is um, character development. But I mean, and it's kind of subjective. I mean, I, I don't like reading that stuff. I, th- I think it's boring if you have two characters go on and on and on about something that has nothing to do with anything, and it's not clear that it has anything to do with anything. Have everything that you talk about related to the story. So if you have two characters having a conversation, don't just have a conversation for the sake of having a conversation, or uh, don't just you know, have a scene where they go to the grocery store. If it has nothing to do with anything, just take that out. Just have only the good parts. Uh, so that's how I write. I try to be very clear, very brief, and very uh, purposeful. Another thing that I want to mention with writing well is it just takes a lot of practice, which is actually encouraging because if you think about it, there's a lot of things that, you know, we cannot do. We're not naturally gifted at doing. Like, you know, not all of us can be basketball players or uh, Olympic swimmers or, you know, play tennis or, um, you know, get into law school or become a doctor or something like that. But with writing, if you just practice at it, you will become better at it. It's just, in that sense, I find it encouraging. And uh, I put this quote in the book and I I love this quote. It's uh, Stephen King in his book on writing says, the first million words are practice. So, I think that's generally true. If you use that as kind of a marker to to see where you're at in terms of your writing, just try to figure out how many words you've written. If you've written about 500,000 words, well, uh, you got another, you know, 500,000 to go before you really start to get uh, your voice and start to uh, be good, essentially. So let's assume for the sake of the argument that you actually have a a completed book. It's edited and polished and, and all that kind of stuff. And you can read my, my book, uh, How to Write a Novel, to to figure out what the different st- stages are. Okay, so let's assume that you already have the book. Now, there's three avenues you could take. Well, at least three. There might be more. But the first one, you could publish through a major publishing house like Penguin, Random House, Dell, HarperCollins. Those, those, I think there are five uh, big ones. Uh, the second thing you could do is to publish with a, a medium or a small publishing house uh, that nobody's ever heard of. And the third thing you could do is self-publish. Now, you might think that publishing at the big publishing houses is the way to go, and it might not be. Um, so in order to get to those big publishing houses, there's a few things you need to know. Number one, usually they don't bother with first-time authors, so if you've just written a book, that's probably not a likely scenario. You're going to get on one of those big publishing houses. Number two, you need an agent to get any of those publishing deals. You know, in order to sell a book to a publishing house, uh, you need an agent. Um, they won't take unsolicited manuscripts. And getting those agents can be very difficult. And also with the big publishing houses, if they if you can get an agent and they do decide to publish a first-time author, it usually means that you have some sort of following already. This is true in, you know, the music industry and book publishing industry. 
usually the agency won't sign people that want deals. They'll try to go after people that don't want deals. So think of in music, they'll go after somebody like, you know, Mac Miller, who's or or Macklemore, who's selling millions of, of copies of their record, but they're doing it independently. Those are the people that the record company wants to sign. They don't want to sign Joe Blow, who's nobody's ever heard of. So if you're somebody that nobody's ever heard of, it's very unlikely that you're going to be signed to one of those big publishing houses. So the second way is to go through a medium or small publishing house, which can be easier to get because you don't need a literary agent. So there's one less step that you need to get. Um, but the thing is, can those medium and small companies do anything more than you can do on your own? And probably not, in my experience. They will put your book on their website and maybe you know pump you through some promotional blogs. Or It's really not anything that you couldn't do on your own. So for a lot of people, the last option seems to be the best option. It seems to be the most easily accessible, less barriers to entry. So there are many advantages to self-publishing. You know, you make more money, first of all. So typically in, uh, you know, the big publishing deals, uh, what they do is they give you an advance, which is probably not a lot of money, maybe, you know, $25,000, let's say. And you uh, see a return about, you know, 2% per book sale until you make the $25,000 back. Then after that, you might receive a royalty of, let's say, 10 to 15%. So you see a couple bucks on every unit sold. So if, in order for you to make a lot of money, you need to sell a lot of books. But because you're nobody and nobody's ever heard of you, the book publishing is not going to focus a lot of energy on promoting you. They're not going to put you in the bookstores. And if they do, they're going to bury you on some shelf. The people that have really lucrative deals are people like Stephen King, John Grisham, Dan Brown, the people that have been proven successful, when you walk into a bookstore, uh, you see their book, you know, facing forward and it's right at the front. But if you're just, you know, some Joe Blow, there's they might put you in a bookstore, but you'll be at the back and on a shelf. So really, the name of the game is marketing, getting your word out. So yeah, in the past, I would say that bookstores tended to be, you know, to get in a bookstore would be prestigious. And you might think that uh, it increases your book sales, but it's probably not. Most bookstores, I believe, they carry uh, new releases and classics. So, like, they'll have, like, Moby Dick or, um, you know, The Great Gatsby or something. And then they'll have the new Steve Jobs book or the new Dan Brown book or something like that. That's mostly what the books are. But if you ever go into a bookstore, you know, like, I have, uh, there's chapters in Vancouver and something immediately becomes apparent. There's thousands and thousands and thousands of books. And unless you are going to the bookstore because like, oh, I want to pick up the new Dan Brown book, let's stop by the bookstore. And you go in and you grab that. The bookstore is not a place for you to generate sales. Think about it. You go into a bookstore. When's the last time you just peruse the aisles and you walk up and down and you grab some dusty book off a shelf 20 rows back you know like you read the back you're like oh this looks good problem is there's just so much competition and at that stage it's still about marketing so unless those big publishing houses care about you and they believe in you and they can uh you know have a push and get you in front of people's face like you know they put you in new york times they put you in magazines that people read and websites it's really hard to generate 
uh, an audience. So that's also true of all three of the book publishing options, the big, the medium, and small, and the self-publishing. So what I've chosen to do is to go the self-publishing route for a number of reasons. Number one, nobody buys paper books anymore. It's just that industry is dead. If you go into chapters, well, if you go into any bookstore, I'm assuming that most bookstores are like this, like the big box ones, like the Barnes and Nobles, if they haven't already closed down, you know, we have a huge uh, chapters, we have a couple of huge chapters, actually, uh, chapters bookstores in Vancouver, and they used to be covered with books now and, and magazines. Now you go in them and they've, they're selling, you know, furniture and they're selling uh, coffee and they're selling, you know, there's, there's really no, there's relatively few books in there is my point. So... But but that's okay because once you have if everyone goes to ebooks, which seems to be the trend, then the barrier to entry is so low. A a self published book can sit right next to like a bestseller, for instance. And as long as you make those two books indistinguishable from each other, in the sense that you know you have a, a really high quality cover art, you know, catchy title, and the quality of the book is professionally written then nobody really cares about the publishing or who published the book. Like you probably couldn't tell me who published Harry Potter, who published the Da Vinci Code. Nobody cares. So that's good. Um, Some of the reasons why self-publishing is actually better than any of the traditional ones. I mentioned this earlier, how you you don't see much money from traditional book uh, deals. Um, With with self-publishing, it's all you. So you get basically, you maybe pay a small fee for... um, for you know, hosting it on on Amazon or something like that, but you get like seventy percent of the royalties, which is really crazy. Uh, the second thing is you get control over the content in terms of chapters, um, you know, creative control over the the design and the title. You have nobody saying like, oh yeah, maybe it would be better if we we f- you know flushed this out more, or we took this out, or maybe we changed this character instead of Dave, his name's Adam, and maybe he's actually a woman, or maybe this is that. Like when you have other people involved in your creative process, they think that you know their ideas contaminate your your ideas. You know, there's a famous uh, story about uh, Louis C.K. He went to a network, and they're saying. And they asked him, hey, we should do a show. And he says, yeah, okay, let's do a show. Uh, but I'm not going to tell you what the show is about. And the network's like, what? That's crazy. You know, we can't do that. He's like, yeah, you're right. Let's not do it then. <laughs> so then so then they're like, uh, okay, well, he's like, I'll tell you what, what, what would it take for you to let me have complete creative control? And they came up with a number. So what Louis did is he just took less money. He took less money and he's like, I'm not even going to tell you what, what it's about. I will do everything on my own and I'll hand you the episode. All you do is you put it on your network. And that's essentially what he's done. And I think that is great if you can do that. In order to do that, you have to give zero frigs. You know, you have to not care about anything. And and I think that's a really powerful mindset. It's like, yeah, okay, well, you know, take the show. Don't take the show. It makes no difference to me. And also it puts you in charge of your own creativity, which I think is usually always the best case scenario. And and also just like the speed in which things can can happen. So for instance, if you want to write a book and publish it tomorrow, you can do that. You don't have to wait for some, you know, bridge troll where you have to uh, you know, have some barrier to entry to to get past to like, oh, I want my book published. All I just need is an agent or I just need them to 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 buy into my proposal or I just need to get into bookstores or I just need to do this. There is none of that. It's just you go directly to the audience. 
right to the marketplace. You publish it, boom, it's done. So, and in terms of everything that big publishing houses can do, you can do it yourself. Well, what I mean is you can, whatever you can't do, you can hire someone to do it. So if you can't publish or if you can't format a book or edit your book or, or design the cover or market it or come up with a book trailer, anything you can't do, there is somebody out there that is willing to do it for a fee. So you can have a really awesome book and market it and have a nice cover. You just got to pay a little bit of money. So in any of the three options, it seems like there's one thing that you need. You need to build an audience. How do you do that? That's the golden question. How do you market your book to a lot of people? Now, with uh, I mentioned that you have to write a good book. Let's assume that you've done that. Um, you basically want to do a number of things. You want to make it as easy as possible for people to uh, access your stuff and to be able to share your stuff. So printing your book is not really the best way to do that because you can hand out a book to somebody, but how are they going to share it to 20 friends? They can't do that. But an ebook, they can, they can send a link. So what I would, what I do is I have a podcast, which you're listening to now. I also have a blog. Um, I have YouTube videos. Uh, I put all my stuff online for free. I also put it online, not for free. If, if those people want to pay, that's fine. Uh, but all my stuff is free. And um, that seems like the best way. Now you might be thinking, well, how am I going to make money if I put everything for free? And you know, in my experience, that's not the stage that you're at. You're not at the stage to be asking people for money. What you need to do is build an audience. So the name of the game for you is to just create really good content, get as much people to find out about it, attract the people that are into that kind of thing. And then opportunities will present themselves. Opportunities for you know TV shows or graphic novels or movies or whatever the case may be. And finally, it costs a little bit of money, but if you can create an audiobook, then it does two things. Number one, it makes it a little bit more accessible to some people that maybe don't want to read books and also lends a little bit of credibility because unfortunately, uh, there's still kind of a stigma uh, involved with self-publishing. It almost implies that you're not good enough to get a real publishing deal, which is ridiculous. But um, but yeah, unfortunately it exists. And unlike any other aspect, you can be, you know, like a singer, like Macklemore can, can win Grammys and be on Ellen DeGeneres and be on the radio. And, and he doesn't have a traditional record deal. So, uh, but unfortunately with books, it seems like you can't necessarily do that. But if you can make yourself seem as professional as possible, those opportunities do show up. Uh, I get emails every week by somebody wanting to to do something with me. And that's not to impress you or anything like that. It's just to show you that if you put good content out there, it opens up doors that you might not think possible. So so yeah, that's basically what I had to say about publishing. Um, In terms of my projects at this time, uh, you may have heard that... um, I am planning on writing a sequel to Prodigy. I have it, I'm just in the planning process um, right now. I'm just trying to plot out uh, the kind of broad strokes. Um, I'm also I just finished uh, my sixth novel. It's actually my sixth book um, because my second book was a nonfiction book. But yeah, so my fifth novel, sixth book. I just finished that, and I don't want to talk about what the plot is too much. But I'm really happy with the way it turned out. Um, so now I put that book aside and let it marinate 
and I picked up another book that I wrote two years ago, and I'm just going through it now. I'm about halfway done uh, through the editing process, so I hope you check that out. I'm also in the works of creating a graphic novel for Prodigy. I'm putting together um, a 13-page submission to uh, some of the big publishing houses like uh, Image and DC and Marvel and Dark Horse and Dynamite and anyone else I can think of. I'll just send it to all of them and hopefully they'll pick it up and uh, distribute it for me because producing those books on your own is very, very expensive. So so that's pretty much all I have to say. It's a short podcast this week. Hopefully I'll be able to do some more of these. Uh, if you haven't already checked out Prodigy, check that out. It's uh, available everywhere. Um, as well as my other books, uh, Destiny and Free Will and The Art of the Hustle. I also have a short story that I just released. It's called Illicit Behavior. It's about two psychopathic kids. That's pretty cool. And uh, like me on Facebook, at Ryder Mullen. Follow me on Twitter, at Ryder Mullen. Subscribe to my YouTube channels, youtube.com slash Ryder Mullen. What else? Instagram, whatever. All right, that's it. Thanks for listening.